All right, it's DT Systems, dog tested and dog tough. You know, we like that dog in them, baby. We've been using the H2O1820. Over the last several months, we've been playing with this unit. Our friends at Standing Stone Kennels, Ethan and Kat, they've been using it for years, and we've been playing with it. We really like it. I think for the dog trainer, the hunter, and the guy or gal who's training their dog to get ready for duck season, we'll really enjoy the 1820. Super reliable, super consistent, great unit for you and your dogs. H2O1820. Dog tested. Dog. All right, baby, Gunner Kennels. Man, one of the things that I love about Gunner Kennels is they're thinking about our older hunting buddies. Old Buck, he hangs out in a Gunner Kennel when he goes to and fro, and in his, we've got the ortho pad. He's got the old joints, and, and even if your dog's not old like Buck, you just want a little bit of added protection as you're rolling down the road to keep that dog from bouncing around a little bit. So the ortho pad, super huge. If you got a younger dog that may dig a little bit, maybe chew a little bit, that performance pad is going to be clutch as well. So check it out. It's the full kit brought to you by Gunner Kennels, always innovating our industry and always keeping your dog safe. Slide the dms if you'd like to learn more about getting you and your dog into a gunner kennel have you wondered if you want to force fetch your dog maybe you think your dog's too soft maybe you're too nervous to screw quote unquote screw your dog up let me help you i built a start to finish course with different dogs different breeds and different personalities from start to finish to show you how that you and your dog can do it successfully and easy jump in links in the description we'd be happy to help you let's go let's set goals and get you and your dog where you want to be this duck season What's going on, everybody? And welcome to another episode of Lone Ducks Gun Dog Chronicles. We've got a great episode today for you. We've got Tyler Chambers, hails from Southern Georgia, living in Nashville, doing the country music thing. You're going to hear his song in a second. But first, let's chat about that Yukonuba, baby. The food that fuels the champions. The food that fuels the truck, the Lone D truck. We got athletes. Athletes need good diet. You can work super hard. You can go to the gym. You can do the right things. But if you eat like crap, things aren't going to work out right. Dogs are the same. Fuel them up. Give them what they need. Next up, Gunner Kennels. Man's best kennel. Made in America. Engineered in America. These guys do it right day in, day out. And if anybody other than the Lone D talks about the unspoken bond more, it'd be Gunner Kennel. So if you're interested in learning about Gunner Kennels, getting your dog into a Gunner Kennel, shoot us a DM. We can help you out with that. Hum, baby. Next up, Traeger Grills. Smoke them if you got them, baby. Man, what did I make this week? Oh, salmon. I had that salmon. We had ordered. Kevin went to Alaska on his honeymoon, met some people. They shipped us some salmon. Um, wow. Delicioso. That's Espanol for delicious, if you didn't know. Traeger Grills. Smoke them if you got them, baby. Welcome to the Traeger Hood. Next up, Kent Cartridge. Kent Ammunition. That bismuth. <laughs> Kevin's got the Kent hoodie on right now. He's looking flashy as heck. 
looking good. Man, you ain't giving them the business if you ain't giving them the bismuth. We love it. You've got all the power that you get with lead, that knockdown power, but it is non-toxic. Hunt that waterfowl, knock them out of the sky. If you ain't giving them the business, you ain't giving them the bismuth. Something. I'll come up with it, catchier. Come on, give me some slack. Next up, we've got Dogtra, the e-collars. Day in, day out use here at the kennel. We've got the bark collars, YS600, YS200. What can I say about that? YS stands for yapper stopper. It stops the yap. I use the Edge RT every single day. And when I hunt, I'm using that 1900S. So for the folks who want that house dog, hunting dog, 1900S is where it's at. You can check it out at LoneDuckOutfitters.com and get you some. Lastly, Waypoint Outdoor Collective. They keep us in touch with you so you can stay in touch with us. All right. Now, let's get into the show. We got Tyler Chambers, Nashville singer-songwriter, guitarist, hunter, deer hunter, turkey hunter, German short-haired pointer, owner, quail guy, all around super good dude. And we're going to intro right now into his song, Work Hard, Pray Harder. Take it away. You take it on the chin from the boss man. Damn it if the devil ain't knock, knock, knocking again. Cause the bills keep coming, the truck ain't running, the rain don't fall, and the frigid air's all out of beer. But you grab a coat, kick back, let the shit hit the fan, and do what we do around here. You get knocked down and get back up. Hold your ground, so what we're made of Yeah, the life of an underdog Don't sweat it, shake it off Through all the hell and high water Heaven knows we can take it If we're ever gonna get there This how we're gonna make it Way out here Living for the days, not the dollars But we work hard And pray harder that crazy on the weekend with some country cranked up yeah we're rock rock rocking again shaking that show up early get your hands dirty 50 hour 40 that's just what we do around here you get knocked down and get back up hold your ground show what we're made of yeah the life of an underdog don't sweat it shake it off through all the Shake it off, so bring on that hill and high water. If 
everybody that was work hard pray harder we're super excited to have tyler chambers on the podcast tonight tyler thanks for joining us tell everybody a little bit about yourself i appreciate y'all having me guys uh well my name's tyler chambers i'm 25 years old i'm Douglas, georgia originally i'm a singer songwriter and i live in nashville tennessee and i'm trying to do it for a living that's pretty that's about it that's um, awesome, man. Bob, I guess we met how long ago now? About a month and a half ago in Illinois. Yeah, yeah, we met. So everybody that listens to the podcast knows about Brew, the dog that I bred, trained, raised, and I ended up selling him to a family in Illinois, big family of deer hunters in that, what do they call it, Tyler, like the triangle or whatever in Illinois? Yeah, it's right there around Park County and all that stuff for the for the big deer in Illinois had to get killed. That's right. And so Brew went there, and we go out to dinner, and yourself and Adam Sanders uh, showed up, and me and you were sitting across the table, and it's like, you know, we don't know each other. So we're just yeah. making small talk, small talk. Oh, you got a German short hair? Cool. Oh, you like turkey hunt? Oh, cool. Oh, you're from Georgia. It's like we started rattling off things and started to get to know each other, and we hit it off. So invited yeah. you on the show, and... I'm excited to have you, man, and, and uh, share your backstory and everything. So, um, part of that backstory, I want to hear how you got into the outdoors and kind of your childhood and hunting and stuff like that. Tell us about that. All right, man. Well, um, actually, that by the way, that dinner that we had was the highlight of our trip because we didn't see any good deer. Um. <laughs> the frog legs <laughs> but, were awesome. Oh yeah, those frog legs really good but uh man i actually really didn't start hunting until i was probably 14 13 or 14 i had my mom's brother is a big hunter he actually has a farm up in pike county i'm shot a deer off the bed before and then my dad's brother-in-law is a pretty good uh deer hunter also but i've just never really got around to uh getting in a stand or doing really any type of fun until I was 13 or 14. I went uh, to a place called Longway Plantation. It was a business partner that my grandfather had. His name was Mr. Billy Crider. He got a poultry business over there in a farm, and we went over there, and, my sister, and uh, I ended up killing a deer, and a couple of deer, and just got the bug and started out as a deer hunter, and then over the years, you know how it how it goes it's kind of a that was kind of the gateway drug you know turns into duck hunting and turkey hunting and all kinds of other stuff but just grew up chasing chasing critters in south georgia man nothing nothing too special about it but i love it just like y'all yeah no doubt about it so south georgia how far away from 
watch this, everybody. The Florida Georgia line. See how I just integrated like that Nashville <laughs> thing? <laughs> so cheesy. Awful. Oh, Dude, literally God. the worst. Yeah, I'm, I'm like an hour north. Okay. An hour and a half. Roughly north of the border. Florida. Uh, right there at it. So I hunted one time in Apalachicola, Florida. Uh-huh. How many words is that? It's one word. Okay. Right. Can't spell it. Don't have to. Actually, our friend Blaine, who me, uh, Tyler, you and I were talking uh, about, um, he's in North Georgia, and he's been on the podcast a bunch, but he's there right now killing redheads, bluebills, all the good stuff. And when he and I went, we killed a hood and I drove, dude, 20-something tw- <laughs> hours, and all we did was kill beer and oysters and one hood and merganser. One merganser? Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Well, that part of the snake's pretty late. Yeah, it was cool. <laughs> Listen, man, <laughs> worth the drive. Yeah, yeah. I could have gone without it, but it was it was fun. Um, yeah. But that part of Georgia, so I've been to Sylvania, Georgia. Sylvania? Mm-hmm. Where else? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, Brad, where's Brad Arrington from? Do you remember what he said? They're all from that area. Like, southern Georgia is a hotbed for retriever training. There's there's professional retriever trainers and hunt tests and field trials. Oh, spring, summer, fall, it's constant down there, and it's one of the hotbeds, the meccas for our sport. Um, we drove through Atlanta one time on a Friday night. That was the worst thing I've ever done. Yeah. Oh, meanwhile, hey, everybody, Kevin's wearing a mask. Yeah. I, I keep forgetting to uh, – silly. I keep forgetting to take it off. Uh, yeah, we drove, <laughs> drove through Atlanta. Where were we going? We are going to a hunt test down there. Phoenix City, Alabama. Where are you going to? Oh, okay. Yep. That was terrible. Yep. Don't, I ha- don't that do was that. back in the day. We might have told the story on the podcast, but Tyler will will humor you. Yeah. So when Lone Duck started out, I was a t-shirt and hat company. And uh-huh. I would drive up and down the East Coast and sell my gear at hunt tests and literally drive home, you know, 17 hours and, and sell for a Saturday, drive on Sunday and get back to work on Monday. Just, right. gr- just grinding, you know, trying to make a right. dream happen. Yep. And Kevin wanted to join me. So it sounded sexy. So I'm like, why not go? Sounded like a good time. <laughs> so we hopped in the old, uh, it was an 06 F-250. That was a nice truck. I rented a U-Haul. This is before I had a, a trailer of my own. Rented a U-Haul. Drove down. Sold about mm, $600 worth of t-shirts and hats. Didn't even pay for gas, really. And then I think I paid for the gas. <laughs> no, I wouldn't let you do that. You were probably like 19. <laughs> Slept in a Chinese food parking lot in Nashville. That's the only time I've been in Nashville. When people ask like, oh, have you been? I'm like, yeah, you know, for a little while. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was Where like, were you? like Vanderbilt. Oh, okay. And it was a Chinese food restaurant and we... Pulled over, fell asleep, got up the next morning, drove home. Um, but that night that we pulled into Phoenix City, Alabama, we we pop a tent outside the grounds, and we're 
where we're like walking around on the side of the road, you know, got to get up, go to the bathroom in the middle of the night, whatever. And we're talking to this dude. I'm in my underwear walking around. I mean, we're going to paint the picture barefoot walking around, going, you know, going to, going doing, to the bathroom. Doing our Yankee thing, thing man. We yeah. don't know. <laughs> doing our Yankee thing. So this dude comes up to our booth the next day and he's like, oh, you guys were the guys in the tent? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He goes, you guys didn't see any snakes, right? Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> they had killed many snakes that day at the test. And he's like, oh, you can't walk, you know, 10 feet into those woods without kicking up a rattlesnake. We're like, what? Oh, gosh, dude. Yeah, man. <laughs> he was like, "Don't. It, it's not funny. Don't, yeah, don't, don't do, do that, that ever again. You are so lucky. You're like, oh, man, all right. The worst thing I have up north is like a, a <laughs> raccoon that you have to right. swerve in the road. That's about the dangerous, most dangerous thing we have up here. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, there's a bunch of bad snakes down here. They get dogs all the time. Yeah, yeah. So you you're a, a mainly a deer hunter, but you you turkey hunt as well. That's that's one of uh, mine and Kevin's. We're not very good at it, truthfully, but we enjoy it. It's our it's a really great time of year up here. Um, you know, leaves are starting to pop back on the trees, and you're. You haven't had hunting season for a while. Winter's broke, and we finally have nice weather. And we've really gotten into it in the last like five years. Um, you you enjoy that as well? Yeah, man. I think it's that's probably a problem for everybody to have a turkey hunter. And I would, I can, I'm, I'm a deer hunter. I can go shoot deer. Um, but I would, I definitely am a better turkey hunter. Um, but the same goes for me as y'all. I mean, I. It's just that time of year when the weather's not absolutely terrible, you know. So you can walk outside and not have a huge jacket on, but still catch a little chill. It's the camaraderie of it too, you know, like just going with your buddies and being able to interact with animals and call one up is pretty cool. What are some good turkey tactics that you would bestow upon us? Man, just get you a fan. And a decoy and crawl. <laughs> start crawling. Yeah, I've done that once yeah. actually. It was awesome. Did you succeed? Hell yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you get in with it, I mean, if you're seven yards, you're, I mean, they're tired. Yeah, yeah. How he, far do you shoot? No, no, no. If they no, see I'm you. saying if you if you get the decoy within seventy yards of the bird, they're going to commit to it. Oh, I thought you meant like if you can crawl up seventy yards, take a crack. No. I'm like, damn. Sharp shooter here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I need them. I need them in like five minutes. So. Dude, that's great. Uh, have you traveled around? Like, you traveled to Illinois to deer hunt. Have you ever traveled to try and hit the Grand Slam or anything? You know, that's, it's, it's going to happen soon. Um, I with being in Nashville and focusing on music and stuff, you kind of give up a lot of your hunt season and just your flexibility of. I mean, financially going and doing stuff like that. But next year, 2021, should be the first year that I'm able to actually, you know, allocate the amount of time that I really want to the hunting. Um, I probably won't get a slam for probably two more years, but I'm starting to work with some people in the industry that are really big hunters too. And like we were talking about before we, um, starting the show, you know, it's just cross-branding and the, the hunting industry and the music industry collide so much that, I mean, it's there's there's not a bad hand that you shake on that, on that kind of stuff. So. 
it's gonna happen. I just uh, once I can allocate some more time to it, I will. Yeah, I understand. I, that, that's so running my own business and 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 having it be where the animals depend on me. You know, if I'm not there letting them out or feeding them, who is? And I mean, I got people right. that work for me too, but it's still very 24 7, 365. And I find I have to really be conscious to allocate the time and, and yeah. be willing. You know, we're talking about going duck hunting, and it's like, all right, I'll meet you at the launch at 5 a.m. Well, that means I got to get right. up at 3 30 to make sure everybody's aired, watered. You know, I've got the half hour to an hour drive, you know, things like that, that make it hard. And I'd imagine, you know, you're still young in the game, hustling, working hard, chasing the dream that you can't just bow out and be like, yeah, I'm going on a five day trip or a, you know, 10 day trip right. or traveling the country, turkey hunting. Yeah. This year was an, was an exception because of COVID, of course, I got to come home and pack out in Georgia and that was pretty fun. But uh, other than that, you're, I mean, you're exactly right. It's, it's 24-7. I'm not feeding mouth, but I'm catering to, you know, music industry. You got your hand. I mean, <laughs> our schedules are flipped out pretty much two months in advance. But What's that life like? Can, can you kind of paint the picture as best you can? It, like, if, if I close my eyes and imagine a day-to-day for you as a, a songwriter and a singer, what does it look like? Uh, well, it depends. It probably a lot of it depends on where you're at, obviously in your career. But when I first moved, it was like I didn't know anybody, so it was looking for a job, going out to the to like songwriter music industry bars at night, shaking hands, buying beers, just trying to network as much as I could. And then once I started meeting people, it was just looking right. Not twice a day, five days a week, and now it's kind of turned into wake up, go write a song, go sing a vocal. After that, be done by like five, and then one or two nights a week, go play a, a show, then pound like a writer's round or something. And then if you're lucky, and you, I don't have a booking deal, but if you're lucky, and you, you know. You get a, a booking deal, then you hit the road that weekend and go play shows. What I don't know what a booking deal is. I'm sorry. It's just a booking agency that you know just reaches out to venues and gets you shows. Like a manager place. or something. Yeah, and like an agent, like you'll, you'll have an agent where you are. And they'll just they they have the relationship that you don't have to book the shows that you need to to grow. Gotcha. You know, just great market stuff. So you, you write a song five days a week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you attempt to. I, on average, I mean, if you ask a publisher, like a or not like a, another song, if you're another songwriter, I would tell you that I write roughly thirty, uh, thirty to forty songs a year, but that it's really a hundred because you write with two other people and you split it three ways, so you really own thirty three percent of that song. Gotcha. So, all right. Like last, last year, I wrote the most that I have. So I knew that like 110 songs last year that I finished. So when, when you when you write 110 songs, oh yeah, yeah I, I mean, I, that. is that like every single song you you 
like finish. You're like that was it. That everything was perfect. Or is it kind of like, no. yeah, hey, yeah, we're done. <laughs> We've got it. No. Yeah. I mean, it just depends, man. I mean, there's, you know, it's probably like that dog that you've been working on all day. And, you know, you think that he could use another, you know, another cast or something. Or, you know, he didn't really do that properly. We could probably give it a little bit more. Or, you know, there's some days that you just, he had hit the nail on the head necessarily. But, you know, it's good enough to, you know, at least have your name attached to it, close the, you know, close the book and carry on, start over. That's my thing. Is like, if I don't like a song, I can't. We can just always write another one, and that just kind of keeps you going. I feel like I feel like there's got to be some sort of level of minorly perfectionist, but then also be fluid enough to say that that one's meat and potatoes is there send it down the road, work, pull out the next one and, you know, maybe bring that other one back. Yeah. There's all, I mean, we constantly revisit things. Um, it's weird because a lot of it is like a bunch of ADD people mixed with OCD, like also, you know, characteristics. But I think that's kind of like what artistic is in its own way. But, uh, I don't know, man. It's weird. Like, I wrote a song. I wrote or started writing a song this morning with one of my buddies over Zoom. And, you know, we had we had the meat and potatoes. Like, we had the first chorus and the first two verses. We needed the bridge. We didn't know how good the chorus was, but it sounded like a, a certain artist. Like it sounded like it sounded like somebody. We're like, hey, we need to bring so and so in on this. It kind of has their vibe. Let's just wait and finish this until we bring him in on it. There's all there's moving pieces all the time on it. Gotcha. Man, I can't like I'm trying to picture it. And how I would picture it is like me probably drinking way too many bush lights throughout the day, like, oh, I got this one now, buddy. <laughs> Hit it. <laughs> Dude, you'd be surprised that like Point has been hard because a lot of like creativeness and song ideas come from social life, like just having a conversation with somebody and me or you or just saying some random shit and I'm like, Oh, that sounds pretty cool. Like, let me write that down and come back to it later when I'm in a mental state where I can really, you know, sit down and like elaborate the idea and try and make it a song, you know. And twenty twenty hasn't been that it's been a lot of fun, but it hasn't been a lot of like going out. Like, hey man, how you doing? What's going on with you? It's just been locked up or yeah, in the woods. It, it's affected. It's affected everybody differently. I, I mean, if you're going out two nights a week playing shows, you, how much of 2020 did that completely get shut down in Nashville? 85 to 90% of it, probably. Dang. So, when when we were sitting at dinner, you had this idea with your buddies to, to, to take the music to the people and figure yeah. out how you were going to not necessarily get around the COVID, but, but still perform, still hone your craft, and, and be in front of people. 
Is that still a thing? Yeah, we're it's uh we're kind of wait on the media side, like just the videos and pictures and stuff, so we can watch it on social media first and have like just kind of concrete evidence of what people are going to get if they do want to book it. But yeah, we're doing we're trying to do a thing that's called Big Time Small Town, and we want to do a Big Time Small Town tour where we pretty much just hook up a gooseneck or a flatbed trailer to the van, carry four or five guys out. We pretty much book a party in somebody's pasture. They can't sell tickets. They can only invite people, so it's a private event. And we're going to go out there and play for a couple hours and drink beer with them and get to know everybody and hopefully give them a good, you know, give them a good time and show them what we're about and grow our fan base. But who knows? We're going to do our best to keep crashing burns. Nah, man. It'll no matter what. That sounds like a great time. So, would where do you think you'll travel to? Is it going to be, you know, your hometowns, or are you going to come up to Yankeeville, Central New York, and come and do it at at Old Lone Duck Acres? Dude, I would. We would love to. Honestly, I mean, we're up for anything. We'll probably start close to home. Just, I mean, just for just to learn and kind of get some experience on our belt with it, learning, you know, how people are going to react, how many people are going to show up, and how much money people are going to pay to do it also. Um, and we're not really looking to make a huge profit off of it. I mean, this is like, this is like you going to sell t-shirts down the coast, you know? Right. Right. This isn't, this is not something we're going to do. Like, oh, we're not making a thousand dollars a piece off this. We're not going to do it. That's not what we're, what we're doing. Well, I think it it would be super fun to try and figure out a way to get you guys up here. And I know we talked about it at dinner, but that was also after some bush lights. You got to love an establishment that has bush light cans, frog legs. It it was delightful. Dude, that place was great. I don't even remember what it was called. No, I don't either. I wish I did. That's like a tuxedo t-shirt, though. Like, classy. Got the frog legs. But it's still a t-shirt with some bush light. With a 180-inch deer hanging on the wall. Oh, the yeah. yeah. That, I I'll be honest with you. Not many deer in New York are like that. Like, maybe one buck in a thousand. And that, really? that little restaurant had New York slammers. Right. <laughs> and it was just like the, the mom, dad, and son killed them all. Exactly. Yeah, like, oh yeah, that one. Was, we shot that one out of our our outhouse. <laughs> <laughs> I was still in my bathrobe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Another song idea. Right. <laughs> yeah, that. Uh, yeah, that was uh, that was super fun. So, how long have you been at it, man? How long have you been training dogs and doing long duck? I mean, we only got to talk about so much. Yeah. Um. I've been, Lone Duck is like, God, Kevin, I I get made fun of a lot because I'm terrible at math, but I want to say it was 2009 that we came up with the concept, came up with the idea. I was a traveling salesman and I sold all sorts of stuff. Um, Started out in copiers. It was after, so I I think I told you I played rugby and I got home and I got a 
really crappy sales job. It was like I was at the peak of my physical, mental, you know, living the dream. Like how I equated people is like, oh, you like to play baseball? Oh, you got drafted by the Yankees. Oh, you're in you're in the uh preseason training and you blow your hamstring and now your entire life is ruined and now go and sell copiers. That's right. where I was at. So I knew that I wanted to be in the outdoor industry. I knew that I wanted to own my own business. I knew what some of my passions were, you know, dogs being a main uh-huh. thing. Um, at the time, I didn't even have my own dog. And my first, actually one of my first paychecks went to buying my dog. Um, really? Like the entire paycheck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was 750 bucks. It was a, it was a measly paycheck. Um, but that's how it started. And it it was, it revolved around the unspoken bond, the memories we make training our dog, working our dog and the culmination of all that effort going into your first season and seeing that hard work and and teamwork come together. And so, yeah, uh, yeah, thanks. And so I built the, the brand and we, at that time, dude, Facebook was brand new. I mean, it, it had just opened up to businesses. And so the algorithm was really, really strong for promoting yourself. And we went from zero to 12,000 Facebook followers in a year. That's crazy, dude. Yeah, it was the good time. And then when Instagram hit, we went from zero to 20,000 in a year. Yeah, dude, you're killing it, bro. You're crushing uh, well, thank you. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it, it just, it took off. And then, you know, as those algorithms change, you know, business and the t-shirt sales and all that stuff evolves, I ended up getting an opportunity, like you said, shaking hands, networking, traveling up and down the coast, meeting friends. And a, a buddy of mine offered me a, a job to be a professional trainer. And that was six years ago. So I quit being a salesman, loaded up my trailer full of t-shirts and hats and collars and leashes and we drove to south carolina and right near florence you know florence area okay, yeah. yep we were about yep. 25 minutes away from florence and i trained there for close to a year continued building my skill set came home and uh really honestly i was gonna keep pushing hard for the t-shirts and hats like i was doing real well with it it was growing even more and i spent the summer pumping and pumping and pumping and pumping and like trying to get into Bass Pro and Cabela's and networking that way to be like banded or Avery. And I just, I didn't have the finances to do it. I just didn't have that. You got to have some chop to build an inventory to sell. So I had a lady call me and she had a golden retriever that jumped on her. So I trained it. And then I had a buddy who had a chassis that wanted to be a duck dog. So I trained it. And then two turned into four, turned into six, turned into eight, turned into two. And I was like, oh, God, I need to, then, I need, I need more dogs. Right. Dude. That's awesome. It's kind of compounding after a while, huh? Mm-hmm. Yep. And that, after, and then actually I turned 30 years old and I looked in the mirror and I was like, you're 30 now. You need to put the pedal to the metal. You need to figure out how good you want to be as a trainer, where this business can go and grow. 
And uh, uh, that was, I'll be 34 in February. So that was four years ago where I kind of hit that wall of you're not making enough to pay the bills and you need to figure out how to be better. And now we've got 20 dogs year round, 20 to 25. Our breeding program's doing really, really well. We've got a lot of great puppies and families that are enjoying them. And the podcast has been super fun. Kevin and I started this like two years ago. Something like that, yeah. year and a half for two years. And it's been one of the most fun projects. Which, speaking of, you're going to start a podcast yourself. Tell us about that. What a segue. When you you got your podcast, you just, you dig into some of that. Well, first of all, that sounds like a quad American game, if you ask me. So congratulations. I don't know if you pat yourself on the back, man, but you deserve it. It's freaking awesome. Hard work is... It's freaking badass. So I'm uh, I'm proud of you. I know we haven't known it too long, and I haven't been there along the way, but that's super cool. Thank you. Um, but yeah, me and my buddy, uh, Jay, he owns uh, uh, also a merchandise company called Out Here Co. Y'all need to go check them out. They have super sick merch, and uh, he's a super, super good deer hunter, uh, very passionate outdoorsman. But him and I have just spent some time together during deer season, and they do some stuff for uh, musicians in Nashville and stuff. Like they just ha- they have a separate podcast for out here, and uh, me and him just got talking, and you know we it was kind of like me and you, Bob. We just get along and can carry on a conversation pretty well. And like, dude, why don't we just do one of our own? So we we're planning on starting it in December, but with deer season and Christmas and everybody traveling everywhere. We're just, all right, we're just, we'll just wait until the new year. We can, when we're both in town for a while and we can, you know, ride down a list of people that we want to have and kind of lay all the pieces out in front of us and get a better goal set up to do it. But it's going to be called, uh, worth the drive podcast. And it's just going to be the same thing with us shooting the crap with the people and you know just trying to cross brand and do exactly what you're doing man that's awesome that's really cool you know one thing i one thing that the podcast has provided me and kevin is the opportunity to speak with people that man we never thought were possible right like they you see them and again, social media can paint like a picture, but when you actually sit down and talk with someone, you're like, ah, he's a normal dude, just like me and you. Right. And, and it opens up opportunities to talk to some of your uh, like heroes. I mean, we've had some guys that I remember getting into the sport. You know, I was probably 18. And I'm like, man, that guy's so cool. And then he was on our show. Right. And you're like, oh, he's just like us. He loves dogs. He loves duck hunting. Loves the outdoors. And and it, and they're they they get humanized instead of we hold them on a pedestal. And it's, uh, it's yeah. yeah, it's really cool. Do you have any ideas of you know a couple people to tickle the our listeners on who's going to be on your show? For sure, man. Uh, you being one of them. Um, so they'll be boring for them. Like, damn, I uh, listen to him every Wednesday. Hey. We'll have the blueprint by then. It'll be easy. Uh, 
But, no, I mean, we definitely have a list of people. Dave's got some people in mind in the hunting industry. I know some of the hunting public guys were on his list. And then some big songwriters and people that I looked up to since I moved to town also. So it'll be a, it'll be a good mix. So that's kind I, of I a game I plan? I don't, don't want to say any names and it not happen. <laughs> so. No, I understand. Yeah, Luke Bryan will be on our show next week. No big deal. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Kenny Chesney yeah, pops up with him. Yeah, yeah, the, the Rock. Rock. Yeah, the Rock. Yeah, yeah same guy. <laughs> uh, I just pulled up. You mentioned out here, Co. Uh-huh. Out here underscore Co. On Instagram, really cool hats. I will be buying at least one or two after this. Thought yeah, other people might care. Thing. They're pretty legit. They're they got the vintage like camo look and the trucker style and all that stuff. It's Definitely worth checking out. All right. So another thing I wanted to bring up is, and this is, I hope you you take this in stride because we definitely didn't talk about this, but one thing that, (laughs) no, go ahead. This is great. It's great. One thing, you know, in my life that I've always struggled with is the growth of facial hair. (laughs) And I happen to notice in some of your pictures that it's a life struggle, man. Everybody makes fun of us, but we embrace it. Your mustache and my mustache are very similar. <laughs> Dang, dude, you got me. Yeah, man. I mean, it's been a struggle, bro. I've just embraced it. No, you, we're not. We're blessed with other things. Facial That's hair, right, not that. Do you think your That's facial right. hair has helped or hindered your ability in the music industry? I think it's kept me young, man. That's right. Yeah. Me too. And, you know, if I can keep the baby face for longer than most people, I consider that an advantage. I agree. And I love, I'm, by the way, I hope you know that I am kidding and strongly encourage your facial hair. Oh, (laughs) Oh, yeah. You got to let it rip. I love it. Yeah, me too. Mine has gotten so scraggly that I I can twist it now. Where I can, oh, really? I, yeah, dude. I don't have any in the middle. It's the anti Hitler. Because I don't have anything oh. in the middle, but on the ends, it's looking sexy. <laughs> it's debatable. Debatable. Oh, God. Somebody look at it. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, Tyler, you got uh, yourself a really handsome. German short-haired pointer. Speaking of handsome, speaking of handsome and myself, you've got a German short-haired pointer. That's right. He has no problems with facial hair. That's right. His whiskers are about as scraggly as mine. Yeah. When? How old is he? And tell us about. Tell us about him. What's he like? He's three, man. Uh, my buddy growing up, he had one, and he farmed, and he was good. dog named Cooper, and he was a liver. He was a little bit too. He would ride the tractor with him all day. I mean, he was pretty much a meat dog. That's what Cotton is. I mean, he's not like a field, proud, tested, hardcore hunter. He sleeps in the bed with me. So, but um, I got him three years ago, and I was in that field. He's kind of lonely. I always wanted a dog. My parents were like, you want him to take care of that thing? Literally, I feel like I treat him better than a human. <laughs> but, he's awesome. Um, he's just my best friend, man, and 
I mean, we we punted some together. Those days are probably closer to over, um, just because of music and how busy I've gotten. But he loves being outside. I work with him all the time, and he gets to stretch his legs. So he's not cooped up by any means, but it's just kind of asking him a lot nowadays. Um, well, I saw a video of him and you guys quail hunting. Yeah, I mean, he'll he'll do it. He'll do the dang thing. He won't do it pretty 10 times out of 10, but, I mean, he just gets kind of distracted sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> it's because you bought a short hair. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, I, hey, dude, he's super handsome. He reminds me, if if you scroll through Instagram like a year ago, Huey hasn't been here in a long time, but maybe folks who listen to the show regularly know a dog I train named Huey. And he's mostly white and liver. And uh, when I saw the picture of, of your dog, I was like, dang, almost identical twins. They're real wow. handsome. Yeah, real handsome dogs, well built. Um, you'll have to look for them on, on I'm Instagram. For them right now. Yeah, it's, it, sure yeah, you'll come across them. Oh, Hugh Bega, Mambo number Hugh five. Bega. Dang, that's an awesome name. Yeah, he's a good dude. So, he's damn right. So the story behind Huey, because I met. Oh, I see him. Did you find him? Oh yeah, he's beautiful, right? Blockhead. Yep. Dang, that's a that's a beautiful dog. Yeah, Huey. Nick, my friend Nick. I, you know, I meet him and. Oh man! All right, cool. You know, you got a dog. You need him, Huey, huh? Like really, Huey. There's a lot of other names out there in the world. Right. But his grandfather, every dog his grandfather had, every male, it was like Huey 1, Huey 2, Huey 3. Nick's grandfather? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, and they were actually, they were all Springer Spaniels, if I remember the story correctly. But Nick just, he continued that tradition uh, of his grandfather. And again, to me, a lot about the outdoors and a lot about the song I suggested that you should write <laughs> comes, <laughs> comes from our grandpa our grandparents and the, and the folks who have passed on their traditions. And so after he told me that, it's like, ah, oh, you can't make fun of him now. Like that's a badass name now. Yeah. That, that really plus is. you can call him Hugh Bega. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I'm reading the, uh, caption right now. Hugh Bega <laughs> so Kevin had asked you before the show and I'm like, no, 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 pause, pause, pause. We got to talk about this. Like I, I had an idea for a, a song. You got to have, terrible ideas popped at you all the time and especially probably like 3 a.m. in a bar for sure man i mean you just take them with grand thought though I to, i'm i'm waiting on the day that somebody's like i don't know if somebody's like i got the song idea i'm like holy cow that's really good <laughs> hit um, it big on someone else like, we gotta do this yeah and uh yeah, I mean, it happens, but I mean, it's probably the same way with you. Like, you tell somebody that you train dogs, and then all of a sudden they're, they're a big dog trainer. Oh, 100%. Uh, that definitely hits home. People are like, oh, you like dogs? Oh, I, ha- I have this half kitten poodle. Havanese what? Labrador. Loves, you do? Wants <laughs> to retrieve. I'm like, oh, good. <laughs> Could be a hunting dog. Man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that's a great analogy. Yeah, that's pretty good. Damn, yeah. I stopped telling people at parties that I train dogs. That's how bad it is. Yeah, man. So what do you tell people at parties that you do? 
I don't do sh- I don't, I don't wow. do anything. <laughs> yeah, what how do you how do you how do you what is your plan of attack there? My plan of attack is to seclude myself near where the beer fridge is with closer friends than the strangers. That's, <laughs> that's how actually I handle pretty it. good. Yeah, that's, that's how I bad. handle it. Because then I don't have to hear about the golden doodle who pees on the floor still at seven years old. Um, <laughs> or like we were just saying, the guy whose pit bull lab mix would have made a great duck dog if. Right. Yeah, yeah I hear that one about weekly. So, yeah, that's how we do it. So I, I get it. My my song idea, you know, shit to bed. I get it, man. Thanks. It's okay. Mm-hmm. No, it, it, you didn't shit to bed. You just gave me a scenario. You didn't give me a song idea. So, like, the song idea is a hook. Like, the song you were talking about earlier, work hard, play hard. That's the song idea. Like, it's, it's different if you're just like, oh, I was walking through the woods and I was hunting with my grandpa's gun. And I was like, that's a song. But what about, what about walking through the woods, like, if you could sum it up into one line, that would be a song idea. Does that make sense? It's really called a hook. Okay. You've got me on the hook right now. So now I my know, brain's I thinking, yeah. I got to stay on podcast mode, but now my brain is thinking, <laughs> I might move we're to gonna Nashville. Up, we're going to come up with a doozy by the end of this. Yeah. Don't, don't I worry. don't think grandpa was carrying a bush heavy camo can <laughs> in his left hand with his 20 gauge or 22, 23, I mean. Right? Yeah, it was yeah. a 22. Um, it is nice 22, though. Yeah. Old Marlin. You know? But, uh, I know, dude. Bolt action. I almost felt like he was... Be di- now, this is a terrible song idea of how disappointed he'd be that I was drinking and hunting at the same time. But I only had one. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. Maybe. You're just pouring one out every now and then. Squirrel. <laughs> Trying to bait him, <laughs> yeah. Shaking the can a little, shaking right. it up. So, <laughs> all right. You know, another part that we didn't touch on, Tyler, is you know we we kind of talked about my come up story. What was your come up story? You know, you're you're still young, twenty five years old. When did you move right. to Nashville? How did you chase that dream? How did you decide to screw social norm? I'm going, baby. Then you are you ready for it? Tell me you chased a girl. No, I didn't. All right, good. That'll be a good song, too. Yeah. Well, there you go. Don't chase squirrels. Or don't chase girls, chase squirrels. That's right. Oh. Write it down. Yep. Chasing, Chasing the old bushy. <laughs> Chasing the wrong kind of tail. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, uh, I, I, I did not chase a girl. You know, I think about, it's crazy how often I think about, I'm, I'm sure you're the same too, when the when the road is long and eventful, further down as you get, the more you think about how long it's been there. Um, but I actually, I mean, growing up, I was listening to music constantly and like, just living the natural, like, country boy, like, lifestyle, you know from the time I was 16 on. And I started playing guitar when I was 15 or 16. And, you know, deep down inside, like, I would always listen. I had uh, Jason Aldean's Wide Open CD in my truck, and I listened to it every day. Yeah. And I was like, man, you know, it'd be really cool to be Jason Aldean one day, ha-ha. And 
deep down inside, you know, that fire was always burning. But, you know, it's hard to really, like, swallow the pill and be like, okay, what do you really do, Tyler? And I went to school. I was studying accounting at Georgia Southern, which is kind of close to where you were, Pennsylvania. Funny story Um, that I can't tell on the podcast about Georgia Southern women. Okay. I'd love to hear it. I won't let you forget. All right. Yeah. God, I love Georgia yeah. Southern girls. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Go on. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I was just, I was at school and just got in some trouble while I was there, and uh, my parents were like, "All right, you know, it's enough. You should probably move back home." So I did, and you know, all my other buddies were at school or working already. So I was working on, I was picking blueberries on a picker for my buddy. I was working in a tobacco barn with another friend, just just doing in and out jobs. And I was like, man, this is not what I want to do necessarily. Like, the more I thought about music, the more I wanted to do it. And just kind of getting out of Dodge for a while. And so, anyways, I ended up looking for some jobs out west and ended up moving to to outside of Jackson Hole, Wyoming. And working on a ranch uh, called Moss Creek Ranch for a summer, and I, out there where I was, it was pretty, it's a big ranch, pretty much, and we were traveling anywhere from twenty to forty horses every morning, taking people on rides, shooting guns, playing music. And while I was out there, I met a family that uh, lives in Dixie Country, which is about thirty-five miles west of Nashville, and Mr. Ed Anderson and Miss Dana. Uh, we were on a horse. We were on horseback one day. Miss Dana was like, "How are you? What, you know, what are you planning on doing when you when you when you're done here at Lost Creek?" And I was like, "I don't know, honestly. You know, I thought about going back to school, but I would really like to move to Nashville and try and do the music thing. I'm not sure though." And he was like, "Oh my gosh! Like, we live in Dixon. It's right outside of town. Like." We have an extra place if you want to come live there while you get your feet on the ground. And I told her, I was like, are you serious? Because I will take you up on that. And as soon as that came out of her mouth, I was like, God, I hope she's serious because I will do that in a heartbeat. And I did. And it's been the biggest blessing ever. But I still talk to them on a weekly basis. And yeah, so I, that's pretty much it. That's unbelievable. How long ago was that? In 2016. All right, I'm not good at math. Four years ago? It was four, four years ago. So you've been doing it a while. You've been grinding. I've been grinding, man. I think, I think there's always on stories like yours and mine or anybody that I feel like Chase is the dream, right? Like you were going to school for accounting. I was going to school to get a degree. I was raised to... What do you want to say? Because I don't want to nitpick or, or downplay anybody with no. a college degree because I got one. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I worked really hard, but I sucked at school. And so I ended up getting a sociology degree with a minor in marketing. Basically, what that meant, folks, is I played rugby, hung out with friends and showed up to class and I got a degree. And then as I... As I got out and as I like went on this journey 
of Lone Duck, it was a, a client here, a, a client there, a friend introduces me to someone else. And uh-huh. there are 100, like I can name them too, Elizabeth and Ollie Burwell. They, that was my family who saw something special in me that gave me way too many opportunities than I should have. And I got to shake way too many people's hands than I should have. And it opened up a lot of doors that helped. And that's how now I get to go to Charleston and and Georgia and spend a winter outside of New York. And the, the key that I would say, you know, as a little, I don't know, piece of advice to someone who wants to chase a dream is be a yes man or a yes woman. Say yes to people, take chances, make mistakes and always be yourself and always be humble and always, you know, be that guy or girl that people want to be around and that'll attract like-minded people. And then those people are going to offer you opportunities. And when they do, boom, go. Don't think twice, just do it. And it sounds like that's what you did, dude. Yeah, I, I think across the board, you know, no matter what industry you're in, though, there are key uh, characteristics and elements that, you know, you have to be diligent about and things that you have to do along the way. They're just common denominators wherever you are, you know what I mean? There's no, there's no um, formula to becoming a professional dog trainer. There's no formula for being a successful musician, I mean. There are common things along the way, but it's not going to happen the same for everybody. And once you realize that, you can kind of dig in and really be honest with yourself. And be like, okay, well, this is how I'm going to approach it. Right. I also think there's a, a part of it, too, that, like, you do have to be good. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Right? Like, you can work as hard as you want and you can shake the right hand. But if you, if you can't deliver, that's no good. So you do have to be good. So with that being said, I'm going to do another segue, buddy. We, we got to hear work hard, pray harder in the beginning of the show. Sure. And you wanted to offer our listeners an opportunity at an unreleased song. Yeah. So I'm going to let you introduce the song real quick and then right. it'll play and then we'll be back to the episode. How's that sound? So tell everybody what they're about to listen to. Sounds great, man. All right. Here's the- December 29th, now 2020, and this is a song that will be out in January or February of 2021, and it's called I Saw Your Car. I Saw Your Car. I like it. Hell yeah. Hit it. Saw your car in the middle of the day at a red line Guess I should have took a long way home You were sitting there looking at me with your new guy All my buddies said it wouldn't be long I guess you moved on, that's fine And for you it wasn't that hard 
So now that now that we've heard that, um, can you give us like a little bit of like where that came from? What inspired you? Like I don't know. Give me give me the rundown if you want. You know, dude, it, it might it might let you down a little bit. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> wow, way to really hit it home, Tyler. All right, all right. Well, we'll figure there, it down. Now there's in songwriting a lot of times it's just like it's not fake scenarios necessarily, but it's really, it's really just a song about, um, you know, you being that little hometown, having a good day, me and Cotton riding around him in the back of the truck or whatever. And you just roll up and you see that person that you really didn't plan on seeing for, you know, maybe that whole day or for a long time. And it just kind of throws a big old monkey wrench and everything. And you aren't too happy about it, but there's, nothing you can do about it so i actually wrote that song with uh my buddy dylan marlowe and gary garrett and me and dylan we we write all the time and I, we wrote that song in like 30 minutes i think and it was just we we wrote it and we're like all right that's pretty good and then a month later we kind of went back and listened to it and i'm like damn that's real good actually it's just relatable i don't know that's cool melodies and it rocks. Yeah. When yeah. you were writing it, were you thinking the perfect place to launch this? <laughs> <laughs> would be a lone duck podcast. 
<laughs> I'm sure that that's yeah, how you start every song. It's like, what's going to be good for Lone Dog? What, what's <laughs> that's, right. that's, that's awesome. Right. Yeah, that's that, cool, man. Honestly, I, I really do appreciate you letting me be no. on here, man. It's super cool. So, all right. So, you're a guitarist and a singer. Do you get to play anything else? Do you, like in Nashville while you're writing music, do you get to, like, I, you know, no big deal. I was in a band in high school too. Uh, oh, were you? Yeah, it was actually. I played guitar. Um, and the, what was it called? The flat. Oh, you're a guitar player too now. Okay. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. Little known <laughs> facts. Like, I don't think anybody on this podcast knew I could play guitar. I know. You should freaking hear want, me play. I want to win. You don't want to hear me play Wonder Mall. I will, I will make you cry playing Wonderwall. Oh well, anyway, here's Wonderwall. <laughs> yeah. uh, you ever hear Dispatch? I think Bob can play like one little ditty. The General. Yep. Dispatch. Yeah. I honestly, that was a big thing growing up. I loved, I love that stuff. I just, you know, don't Grandpa's have guitar also. Yeah, you're right. Grandfather's guitar. Damn, we really got a song going. My grandpa's guitar. It's, it's gone. An, Do we have another G word? Yeah. Alliteration, alliteration. Good looks. Got his good looks. There you go. Not he had a better beard than I did, though. That's true. Um, I don't know where I was going with this, dude. I'm so sorry I side railed that, no, but you're, you're talking about how you how you were in a band, man. Oh, that's right. Way to come back to that. Nice. I know, but okay, so we were called the Flatliners. We played a lot of Blink 182, Green Day. I don't know. We That's did a it. lot of, we had a lot of fun, but. Did you wear a lot of black? Oh yeah, man. I used to ride BMX. I had long hair. I was a shredder. Nice, <laughs> Straight dude. shredder. I had, one, I, had a, I had a phase like that too. Yeah, we all do. Because I was much younger and it was like skateboarding and not music. Yeah, Kevin skateboarded. I used to get into it. He could do a kickflip. No big deal. Yep. But I still could. <laughs> used to do it barefoot in college for, uh, that was my party trick. Oh gosh! It wasn't good. No, but it didn't feel good either. No, <laughs> man, I really did forget where I was going with that. I know I was. You were trying to brag about how you can play guitar too. You asked like, you asked if he was saying, uh, you know, does he get to do any other? Oh yeah, yeah, that, like, Okay, yeah, uh, thank you. Yeah. So when we were in the band, I did enjoy playing drums and like learning that, and I I wasn't good at it. I mean, I struggled with the keeping of the time and, and you weren't good at guitar either though. Suck it. <laughs> Bite your, put your mask back on. <laughs> but, but like as a, a guitarist, like do you fiddle with a mandolin. Do you get to dabble in the other musical instruments to broaden your horizon and like have fun with it and just jam out with your guys? Absolutely. I mean, I'm not well-rounded like a lot of people. My buddy Trey Team, he he builds a lot of tracks and produces some stuff, and he can play a lot of instruments. And so can uh, my other buddy Gary, that I mentioned earlier. And for me, I dabble more into like I love the production side of music, just getting in the studio and testing out different stuff and trying new things and just pushing the limits with different instruments. I don't necessarily play them all. I don't actually. I just play the guitar, but. Um, that's the coolest part of me is just kind of throwing stuff at the wall and put sticks and you're like, oh, well, that, that definitely works. We should keep that, you know? So, like, you know, I'm looking at my Rodecaster Pro 
podcast equipment, you you enjoy the mixing and the the technology side of it. Uh, hey, no, I'm not tech savvy. Like, okay, yeah. me either. <laughs> just just checking because I'm not. No, not at all. I I write on. I can sing on. I can play on that. That that all the other stuff is just completely out of comprehension to be to be completely honest. But um, I do enjoy the process. It absolutely blows my mind watching people do it. I can. It's a, it's a talent of its own for sure. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. So you've been in some music videos. I may or may not have seen you on a boat with our friend there, Adam. Oh, yeah. That was the uh, Drink, Drink, Drunk video. Drink, Drink, Drunk. Come on. Drink, Drink, Drunk. Is drink, this the bar drink, that I'm trying to get to? Like, I can come up with a, a, a song name like that. I'm halfway there, bud. Exactly. There's a song. Halfway there. No, so I mean that's your Don't collaboration. Halfway there, your <laughs> all right. Enough. Your collaboration with Adam, that was pretty cool. I mean, good song, fun summer song. You know, you're on a boat. You're like wakes surfing, right? Yeah. Uh huh. Shredding. I mean, come on, your old skateboard days. But did you help collaborate on that song, or were you just in the video? Yeah. It's like yeah. handsome, mustached guy. For sure, that was me. Oh boy, uh, we wrote the song together. And oh, cool. Was stand out. And the music video also didn't miss me. I mean, <laughs> come on. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love it. No, I mean, we we wrote that song. Me, Jake Fry, Adam, and Jordan Ray wrote the song together. And actually, Adam came in with. I think half of the chorus already written and we started dabbling with it. We're like, yeah, this will be fun. And if you haven't heard the song, it's pretty funny. It says, I had a drink that I drank. When I drank that drink, the drink I drank made me drunk. So it's kind of like just a tongue twister. Adam calls it, uh, if you can sing this chorus all the way through, you ain't drunk enough yet. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah, so it was fun to make. It's just a bunch of boys. Beautiful women happen to be there. Happen to be there. Happen to be there. And your work hard, pray harder, which we're going to, I I know we kind of chatted about it via text, but I need to get that video and put it on my Instagram so that people can see it. But what was it like I mean, it's got to be one thing to write the song, produce the song, and then to have to be the guy that's like, oh, now I got to be in front of a camera. And I've been dabbling, you know, like we do YouTube videos and stuff. And yeah, I don't know. It's just different. You're like, pretty, I mean, you do pretty good with it, man. I mean, I would say that you're probably, I mean, you're more of a natural than I am in front of a camera. Seems like it was. Fake it till you make it, baby. That's right. But yeah, what is that like? Like, uh, I mean, you're—I t- don't know. I, yeah, it's, it is weird. I know. You just have to kind of like swallow the. Uh, it's embarrassing, honestly, because it's something that you don't want anybody else to witness. You do like watch you do until like they see the final product, because like you really just kind of look like a dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, sorry. You kind of just look stupid standing in front of the camera sometimes. Like, 
mouthing the words to your own song over and over and like you know, flailing your hands in the air, doing whatever you are, carrying a sack of corn across the barn 13 times. Nah, see, that was cool. That was my favorite part. All right. Really? You got, yeah, actually, you got a picture of the dog in there. He's following you. Yeah. I mean, how many sacks dog, of corn do you really got to carry every day? You know, unless you're, you're feeding deer down in Georgia. That's right. That's what I envisioned is you were going to go stack up your, your deer stand with some corn. Pretty much. It was actually, I, I, I told you, it was a, a bag of rice, rice seed. It was laying next to the no-till drill in the barn. I was like, this will work. That'll work. Um, but, but yeah, that's it, what we're it's definitely a neat, because I, I mean, again, all I can do as me being Bob, not knowing Jack, is envision what it's like. It's like your baby, right? You wrote it, you're playing yeah, it, and you're about to deliver it to the world. Yeah, and, man. I mean, it's, you want to give it the best chance that you can. So you definitely, like you said, I, I try and execute everything I do the best I can. But it's weird being in front of the camera. I'm not going to lie. Some people are way more natural. I mean, it's crazy how comfortable women feel in front of the camera. Isn't that crazy? Women? Like you pull a camera. Yeah, like you pull a uh, camera out in front of girls or whatever, they just get a smile and be the happiest person you've ever seen. Guys are like, oh gosh, what do I do now? Yeah. yeah. Selfie culture, probably. Probably. A little TikTok. Yeah. I refuse to go on TikTok. Just saying. Why? But it, honestly, although for a musician, it's probably really good. Yeah, why do you refuse? <sighs> it's. Honestly, I probably shouldn't even state it like that. It's more, I don't have time. I, I have a thousand messages a day on Instagram to answer and maybe not a thousand, 50, 50 people wow. a day on Instagram are, you know, emails and my clients I got to answer. So to have one more social pe- media thing to try and tackle and learn and adjust, I just decided to let this one slide. Um, but I have seen some cool stuff on TikTok, and I think for a musician, like, parodies, and it's got to be pretty neat, right? Yeah, for sure, man. I mean, it, it helps. I've had a couple videos on there go, like, you know, help me a little bit, but, dude, if you're already doing, having all the media and you're producing all that stuff, you might as well just go ahead and throw it on there. Kevin can do that. Why not? What hurt? People yeah. are getting rich off of it, bro. I don't know, man. Listen, I ain't rich. I've been doing doing this for a long time, and I feel like I I I listen to another podcast, the old King and the Sting. It's well, uh, yeah, yeah. We were talking about that. I know. Did you end up diving into it? Yeah, I listened. It was a while. It was right. I don't even remember what episode it was, but I listened to some of it. Yeah, bunch of comedians, really funny guys. They were talking. Oh to, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, of course. Yep. So they're they're talking uh-huh. to a, a famous TikToker. Like millions of views. Now, mind you, everyone, you look at my Instagram, I get like mm, 3,000, 4,000, 5,000, 1,000 views. Millions. Uh-huh. Two million. Yeah. He still lives at home with his parents. So he isn't rich. Now, there no, are like that, four I mean, that's, people. That's, yeah, I mean, there, I mean, there's a difference between like selling a product, growing your brand. That's right. And, or like, or like it converting or like uh, bleeding through to 
there's ways to monetize yeah. what people do, and some yeah. people suck at it. Some people have a funny cat video, and it goes viral. Right, and but, it goes viral. But and, also, like, yeah. if, if there's a litter of cute little red puppies on their page, and there's a link to where you can get bombed to, and a million people see it, how many people are going to click it? I can only sell 12 puppies at a time. I mean, on the grand scheme of things, so, like, yeah, great point. They could be in high demand. Yeah, yeah. No, That's you're right. Point. Great point. All right. I guess we're going to try and get on I'm TikTok. Just, I'm just playing the devil's advocate here, man. No. So I get it, do you think if you had to, if you had to push people like, right, you're on Spotify. Uh-huh. What, what for a musician, a guy like yourself pushing music videos, writing songs, what is, how would someone be like, man, I just, I want to follow you. What do I do? Oh, oh, and Tyler Chambers music anywhere. So just Tyler Chambers on Spotify or Apple Music, not Tyler Childers. <laughs> people <laughs> people get mixed up all the time. Like, oh, I've heard you music before. I'm like, no. <laughs> Tyler Childers. I'm, I'm Tyler Chambers and Tyler Chambers music on social media platforms and just Tyler Chambers on um, all the other platforms that you would listen to music on. Gotcha. But like, out of all those platforms, do you think it's Instagram or Spotify? Instagram. Yeah. Instagram, definitely. That's cool. I think so, too. I think Instagram is, yeah. is that thing that it does. it's not as shareable as Facebook. Right. But, man, everybody's on it, and everybody's touching and clicking and listening. And sure. I mean, when I, after we met at that dinner, I scrolled through the last, like, two years of your life in... 30 minutes and was like, this is a guy I can hang out with again. This is a guy I want on yeah, the podcast. Sure. This is a guy we can hang out and do this. And, um, it's tangible. It is, man. It's crazy. It's a little bit of everything. So 2021, you're going to do your country music. Say it again. Small, small town, big, big time, time, small town tour. Right. We're big time, small town tour. We're, it's in the, Still in the beginning steps, but I'll send you the little uh, video that we've made for it when we get off of here and tell okay. me what you think. Yeah, I can, man. I think uh, we should try and figure out a way to get you to central New York. I mean, New York's a little bit sketchier with the COVID and our our deal, but maybe by the uh-huh. time you can make it north, things will open up a little bit more, you know, summertime, end of summertime, beautiful weather. Um, yeah. I mean, if anything, we'd be able to help you out and, you know, try and do what we can Absolutely, for you. Man. So. We, I promise we would love to come up there. So. Shoot, man, we got we, 50 we acres. Can. We can have a ripping time. <laughs> no deer. No deer, but yeah. we can have a good time. <laughs> Let me tell you something, dude. No deer. They only come out when I'm not there. Oh, yeah? Yeah. It's All right, let's pick your brain for a second. We'll seg- segment this into another section of your, you know, learn about you right uh bought this farm in july okay we cannot bait deer here we can't feed wild animals here but uh some corn having to fall out of a four-wheeler near a trail camera before the season i swear Uh, on my mother's life that i don't you know illegally do it it's just i can't right right? like this is my livelihood But a little bit fell out in yeah. front of a camera, and I got a picture of a tiny little baby buck, a ton of raccoons, uh-huh. 
some crows, a blue jay or two, and some squirrels. Uh-huh. No doe, but I've seen the doe in my field. All right. So I've got, let's say, 15 acres of horse pasture with horses on it, about 15 acres of pine stand and young growth forest, uh-huh. uh, birch trees mainly, and then about a 20 acre, give or take, clover field that gets hayed for a, a local farmer's cows and I train in. Right? right. So like I don't train there every day. So the deer get to rest and not have me banging guns and dogs and whatever, but but we're back there. Right. So it's kind of how it, when I bought the place, the guy was a deer hunter and he's like, man, you know, you sit here and here and here and they funnel from the other local farms into our field at night. And then they funnel back out. I'm like, hell yeah. Well, that's exactly what they do. After dark and before light. And they just, this year, whether it's weather dependent, it, we had a, 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 a scrape line from one end of the property all the way out the other. Um, well, it was until I not, didn't shoot a buck, bud. Uh-huh. And, and I just, I mean, it's only, it's like 49.62358 acres. It's, it's not a massive property, but you know, I, I'm trying to set up stands. I don't have the fancy trail cams that text message me when there's a buck and what time or whatever. Uh-huh. I know the doe are coming into the field at night. Right. I mean, I, I can literally sit there and watch them and 30 minutes after shooting light. Here they come. Yeah. Um, are you asking my opinion? Hell yeah. On what to do. Okay. If it was me, I mean, if I was having the same problem in Georgia, you know, I would definitely plant a food source, man. Because I, besides clover, I say, I, I say I say in Georgia, but yeah, I mean, that's a. I would probably plant like some oats or some rye or something later in the season because I don't know when your rut is. If I had to guess, it's probably like everywhere else, early November. Yeah, um, late October, early November. Right. And if you can't catch them running does in the woods or in the fields in the middle of the day in there, you're just going to have to kill them on a food source in January pretty much. We, we're already done, dude. We've been done. Oh, for, y'all are done? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh God. When did the season go out? Can't oh, help me with it. it. Weeks ago, we have what? we've got an early bow season and muzzle loader, and we got a rifle, and then it's done. When's your rifle season? I, I want to say. Is it during the rut? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Dude, I hunted. I would say almost every day. And it was either two or three hours in the morning or two or three hours at night, depending on my work schedule. So, you know, I still got to do my job, but right. if I could air dogs at 4.30 and hunt till 9.30 and then get to work or work all day, quit at 2.30, hunt from, you know, quarter to three till dark, I mean, they just stayed nocturnal. Yeah, for sure. But, I mean, that's a, 
that's a they're smart, man. They're smart. Um, not only other suggestion would be a bed in area, bro. Find where they're sleeping, beat them, beat them to it. You know, in the morning, find where they're feeding at night and get between the bed and area and where they're going. Yeah. But if you know, if you know, if you can find where your buck is bedded that you're hunting, you should definitely be able to kill him. Like if you can put up a camera and be like, oh shoot, like he is coming here at least every other night, then or coming back in the morning, then you're you're golden. Okay. Would you invest? I'm not, I'm not, what's that? Would you invest in the cell phone cameras so that I don't have to go into the woods? Absolutely. Yeah, that's a big thing. Absolutely, man. I don't know what kind of signal you have up there. If it's a hill that y'all what you're on or what, but the only thing is, I have problems problems with cameras just like dying fast when there's not a lot of signal. So just, I would read the reviews before you bought one. Okay. Because I've I've bought a couple of cameras and I've had to change batteries as often as I would have to go in and check the card on a normal one. Gotcha. That so kind of defeats the purpose. But as long as you get one that has a battery, or if you get like an external battery pack for it, be good. Okay. Um. Yeah, I would find that bedding area too. So we have a we have a large bedding area between my neighbor and my pasture. Where you know where I train, right? Like my. Uh-huh. clover field hay field whatever you want to call it and i you know the woods in between it well that's the kicker my property there's not a lot of woods other than the middle section right it's literally divided you got house and horse that 15 acres of woods and then the field and so maybe 20 yards into one side of the woods and 20 yards into the other side of the woods and then that's it it's just, and that's when I bought the property, that's what I loved about it. Cause I don't need woods. I need training grounds. Right. For sure. But deer hunting wise, well, it'd be way better to have more woods so that I can sure. try and be there to, to intersect. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I would say next year, just get a couple of those cameras, probably two or three and Make your investment, do your homework, and maybe plan a plan a. I don't know when the snow gets real thick up there, when they start relying on uh, different types of food, but what hurt to try? Yeah, no, I think that's a good good suggestion. We did some moving around of stands, and we did see deer. I mean, it, it wasn't for lack of trying. Um, uh-huh. our area. So in New York's broke. I don't know about Georgia or, or Nashville, but we're broken up in zones, right? So like, right, seven A, six K, seven F, J. You know, blah 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 blah. My zone. Yeah. If you had fifty acres, you get a doe tag. I have forty nine point six two three four five seven eight nine ten. <laughs> I'm right on the edge of having that fifty acres. You get to go doe tag. If not, you go into a lottery, and I didn't get the lottery this year. So I did see doe, and I possibly could have shot one type of deal, but I, I only had a tag for a buck, and, right. man, it, it was elusive. So, I mean, and he had a scrape. I mean, he had a, a line right. of scrapes and uh, two or three rubs. Like, he's here. Did you hunt that? 
Oh, hell yeah, I did. Yeah. But I didn't see him. I mean, I'd have done the same thing, man. I get it. I, I ate a Tennessee tag hunting a, this year at hunting a deer that I went to put by me twice. Really? Um, yeah, man. But I don't know. I think that if you know that, if, if you know he's still alive, then that's good. He'll be there next year. Yeah, and you already know where he's coming, and I think probably early season would be the way to kill him because definitely are not as nocturnal, nocturnal early on. Okay, sharpen up my bow skills. There you go. I'd do it. That's one thing that I I lack on. I'm literally looking behind Kevin at my bow, hanging on a wall, and I haven't shot it in months. I need to yeah. need to get onto that. What kind of bow do you have? It is, I traded some dog training for it. It's an elite. Oh, nice. Dude, those are sick. Yeah. I forget what model it is, one. but it's a pretty, it was a pretty nice one. I mean, it's way better than yeah, for me. Yeah, that's a, that's a great one. I mean, someone should whittle me like a, a willow branch or something for as good as I am, but it's a nice bow. Yeah, it's a nice yeah, bow. That's, that's definitely big gear. What do you, what do you shoot for a bow? Well, I was actually looking at getting an elite this year, but I couldn't pull the trigger on it. I just had some money tied up in some other things. But I shoot a Matthews V9. It's pretty. It's it's pretty thick. I just want something a little bit faster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know how it is. You you just always want the new thing. That's right. You can't help it. I feel like I feel like the bow industry has really done that to us as well. It's like every year, Hoyt and Elite, they all, everybody comes out with a new one. And it's like yep. probably the same, but probably. a little bit different color. And they just yep. tweak it a little bit. And like, oh, you got to have it. Yeah, the technology on it is, it honestly is pretty impressive. Every year when they have like a new like cam system or solar cam, you know, whatever, whoever it is. But that's enticing, but you're right. That's probably not that much of it. They got to be still within at 40 yards, give or take. That's right. People kill stuff with all those. They're like, how bad do you really need it? Right. Well, and I was kidding around at the end of the deer season after I didn't kill anything. Like, man, I just need one to, like, walk up, limp up to me, lay down, and just be like, I surrender. I surrender. <laughs> take me. Take me. That's how I felt. I take it. Yeah, hell yeah, I'd take that shot. <laughs> all yeah, day. All day I'd take that shot. All right, Tyler. Man. Hey, hey can I can I ask you one question? Yeah, for hell yeah, whatever. Dude, this is your show, not mine. No, nah, come on. Uh, what do you feed those dogs? I feed uh great question and it would be in our intro. Uh we feed Yukonuba. Um okay. Yep, we feed Yukonuba. Most of my dogs are getting the thirty twenty blend which is 30% protein, or excuse me, 30-20. protein, 20% fat, a lot of nutrients uh, to, I mean, they're athletes, right? Like, they're not, uh, it depends on the dog, but a lot of our dogs are working every single day, putting miles on, running with a four-wheeler, working out, thinking, mental stress. And so, like you would feed an athlete, you know, they've got a diet that needs to support their metabolism and rebuilding of the muscles and all that. 
yeah. <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah, no, it's a really good formula. Um, I think a dog that has a hard time putting weight on at 3020 is good for a dog that gets medium exercise that, you know, like for instance, your dog would be a good example, athletic mm-hmm. performance breed, but, mm-hmm. but maybe isn't doing miles per day. They have a 26, 16 blend. So it's a little bit lighter. It'll be easier to balance body weight, but you're still getting all that nutrients to fuel an athletic dog. Gotcha. 26-16. Yeah, that'd be a good one to check out. We'll do it. And then again, you just would be balancing body weight. And so if the dog's leaning out, add more. Like maybe bump up to the 30-20. So it's a balancing act, but it's a really good food. It's there's science behind the food. So there's literally, I don't factory is the wrong word. What do I want to say? Like, um, processors. Well, they have like a research facility. Thank you, Kevin. Research yeah. facility, not factory. No, they had, well, we went there. It was awesome. They had, they had like a, a campus. Yes. It was unbelievable. Oh, really? Yeah. And they had all the sporting breeds that you can think of and they would test urine samples, feces samples, coats, teeth, you know, take an entire litter and watch how they develop on these foods. So right. it's pretty neat, man. It's, it's, there's a lot behind it more than just like a brown piece of kibble in a dog bowl. Like there's, there's, there's people that have been doing it for 40 years as a nutritionist for a dog trying to better it literally every day. So right. it's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. And here's, there's a couple things I want to touch on before we go. Okay. One, I'm going to be in Georgia. I'm going to be South, South Carolina and Georgia in February and March. So if you're there, I will take a road trip and we'll drink some Bush light and we'll do this thing in person on Instagram have some fun, promote each other. It'll be great. So if you're in town at any time in February and March, let's do it. Hey, I'm, I, if, if it's close to the 20th, let's do it. Because I think turkey season opens on the 20th of March in Georgia next year. So you could probably come down and shoot a bird while we do all that. Uh, 100% will be there. So, yeah, you don't even have that. Thank you for the invite, but I'll be there. Um, yeah, that would be great, man. I would love to do that. Uh, you, you probably wouldn't be very far from me at all. So let's, let's try and plan that. Um, I want to have you on again, let's say six months from now, I want two, two new badass songs to share with everyone. One is going to be my idea. Okay. Don't screw me on that. Okay. (laughs) I want royalties. I, I only want. 25%. (laughs) I'll I'll have my people talk to your people. Kevin is my people. So (laughs) you're talking to him now. Bob doesn't know what 25% means, so you can just give him whatever. A quarter sounds good. Literally a quarter (laughs) off a dollar sounds like I I win. Um, But I want to do this again, and I want to track your progress in the industry, and I'm super pumped for you as a 
you know, I look at myself at 25 and see you chasing that dream and working really hard and succeeding and meeting the right people and producing awesome stuff, great music, following your passion, doing your thing. I'm, I'm like so proud of you that I want to follow this journey. We're going to do more together. And so take a second and promote yourself for everybody again, please. Dang, man. Well, I, that's probably the sweetest thing anybody's ever said. To me, <laughs> but really, I, I I can't tell you how much that means to me. I appreciate it. And same to you, brother. I mean, you are a prime example of where I want to be one day. So it means a lot. Um, but yeah, my, my name is Tyler Chambers. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Tyler Chambers Facebook or just Tyler Chambers anywhere else on any other platform. So if you like what you heard, go check it out. And obviously, if you're listening to this, you know what Lone Duck is. So I don't really know what to say about that, but I would definitely be spreading the word on my end about Lone Duck also, man. Thanks, dude. Well, we appreciate that. Um, we're going to have links to it in our show notes. We're going to post some stuff on our Instagram so that you can see who Tyler is, get to know him through his social media, and listen to his music. Everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. This was a fun, fun episode. And uh, until the next one, we'll catch you later. Hey, join our community. If you enjoy the show, if you enjoy our YouTube, if you enjoy Instagram, it's like buying me and Kevin a beer. Join patreon.com forward slash Lone Duck Outfitters. The link is in the description. Click that link, join the community. We've got tons of great videos, tons of great content, and you can ask me more questions. So join it, enjoy it. We did it for you and you're helping us produce this show. So thank you so much to that community. Get in, get out, let's roll. Patreon.com forward slash Lone Duck Outfitters. Hey listeners, Nick Larson here, host of the Bird Shop Podcast. As fans of this show, you may be interested in the conversations on the Bird Shop Podcast, where we discuss all things upland hunting, from upland birds and their habitat and conservation to the shotguns, bird dogs, and gear used to pursue them. Whether you're a seasoned upland hunter or just getting started and wanting to learn more, I interview a wide range of guests, each with their own unique perspective and valuable experience to share. If you're on the hunt for more upland hunting conversation, please consider subscribing to the Bird Shop Podcast today. Thank you.